don't know if anyone else saw this news article, but last week it was in the news that a man called Donny Campbell climbed all the 282 mountains in Scotland that are over 3,000 feet, and he broke the record for how quickly you can do it. Um, he did it in 31 days. And that doesn't mean that someone drove him to a mountain, he climbed up it and down, then they drove him on to the next. He had to do it all himself without any use of a car. So he uh, ran for 883 miles and he cycled for 896 miles and he went up and down all of these 282 uh, mountains. And for the last 48 hours, for the last section, he ran for 48 hours nonstop without stopping. Uh, even Joel, I think, would agree that's pretty impressive. It sounds just, just this amazing physical feat. And yet he said the biggest difficulty was mental. The biggest difficulty was one of attitude, uh, one of persuading himself not to give up, one of just keeping himself going. He said there were repeated times where he thought, what is the point of this? So I think we'd say, yeah, exactly. What's the point of that? And he kept on questioning, what's the point? But he had to keep himself going, and he kept going, and he beat the previous record by a week, actually. Well, it can be hard to keep going in the Christian life. Uh, thankfully, it's much more joyful than running up 282 mountains, and it's not all hard work all the time. But there are times when the difficulties and the troubles crowd in on our minds, and they crowd out Bible truths. And we ask, what's the point? What's the point of keeping going? And so we're in a series on helps to keep going, helps to keep going in the Christian life. And this morning, I want to encourage you to keep going from teaching Jesus gave in John 15. So if you've got a Bible with you, would you turn to John chapter 15? John chapter 15, here we've got this very rich teaching. There's so much here that I can't go into. We can't cover it all. But I want to select out some helps to keep going in the Christian life from John 15. And first, we're going to begin with a very simple point. Jesus is the vine. Well, it's simple to state. Might not be so simple to understand. Jesus is the vine. Verse 1 I am the true vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Now, children, do you know what a vine is? I looked for pictures, actually, on Google, and most of them showed me ivy. But Jesus wasn't talking about ivy. He was talking about a vine that grapes grow on, and hopefully we'll get a picture. Here we go. I like this picture because you can see the central trunk. You can see clearly the, the branches coming off. And you can see the fruit coming from each branch. So it really well illustrates what Jesus is talking about. He is the vine and he talks about people being the branches and the branches bearing fruit. That's what a vine is, uh, something that grapes grow on. Now, how can a man claim to be a vine? What's he talking about? Well, in the Old Testament, Israel was pictured as a vine. Jesus is is pulling up here some pictures they'd know from the Old Testament. But I, I'm not going to go into that now. Instead, I want to just focus on this massive claim Jesus was making when he said he's the vine. He's saying, if your life is going to be fruitful, you need to be in him. You need Jesus. 
Jesus says he is divine and he says everyone else, everyone is like a branch. But not all branches are in the vine. And for a branch to be fruitful, it needs to be in the vine. Verse four. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, this is really obvious that the branch has got to be in the vine to bear fruit. I've got an example. I, um, Sarah Archer said she could provide me with a cherry branch. But I didn't know it was going to be this big. Here we go. Right. That's from a cherry tree from the Archer's garden. I, I think it's from their garden. They haven't just vandalized the local area. It has no cherries on it. OK, children, if we leave it here on this platform and come back next Sunday, will it have grown cherries? Oh, you might say they don't grow in a week. OK, if we leave it on this platform and come back in December, will it have grown cherries? You might say, well, they don't grow in December. OK, if we leave it on this platform and come back next spring at cherry time, will it have grown cherries? No, it won't, will it? Because a branch that isn't in the tree is just not going to grow cherries. It's got to be in the tree. And Jesus is saying, you will never produce fruit unless you are in him. Now, is he saying that people who are not Christians never do anything useful? you're not a Christian, you can't produce anything useful. Well, that's that's obviously untrue. Anyone who has been treated in hospital by a Hindu or atheist doctor or nurse knows that's not true. Non-Christians can do all sorts of useful things. Can this branch do anything useful? Well, yes, it can. Cherry trees make good bows. Children, good for your bows and arrows. It, it, it might make quite a good stick to help you to walk. If it was a bit thicker, you might carve something nice out of it. Yes, a branch can do all sorts of useful things. But if it's not in the tree, one thing it cannot do is produce the fruit it's meant to. And if you're not in Jesus, if you're not belonging to him, there's all sorts of useful things you can do. But you won't produce the fruit that God made you for. You won't produce the fruit that Jesus is talking about here. What is this fruit? Well, it's quite simple, really, to figure this out. What fruit does a vine produce? Grapes. What fruit does a pear tree produce? Pears. What fruit does a person belonging to Jesus produce? Well, think about what tree you're in. Character that's like Jesus must be the fruit. If the branch is in Jesus, the fruit will be like Jesus. Character that's like Jesus. Self-denyingly loving, kind, patient. Holy and hating sin, living for God's glory, that sort of fruit. That's what a branch in Jesus divine will produce. You can't produce that just by trying hard. You'll just make yourself miserable or hypocritical. You can't live the Christian life just by trying hard at it, turning up to church and fitting in. Now, you'll just be either miserable because you know you're a failure or hypocritical because you're persuading yourself you're something you're not. You need to be in Jesus, belonging to him, united to him. Uh, Non-Christians can do all sorts of useful things, but they can't produce the fruit Jesus is talking about. Let's think again about what that is. It's character like Jesus, but it's also fruit that lasts eternally. 
Fruit that lasts eternally will not be produced unless you're in Jesus. Children, I'll tell you about an interesting person. He was called Charles Sturt. He lived a long time ago and he was a clever boy, a very clever boy. He did very well at school and he went to Cambridge University, which I'm told is for clever people. And he was also really good at sport. And he played cricket for his university. In fact, he was so good at cricket, he got picked for the England team. And he played in a very famous England match against Australia. Sadly, they lost. But anyway, he was still very good at cricket. And they're all good things to do, to be clever, to go to university, to play cricket. They're all decent things to do. But he saw that they wouldn't last. And he wrote a poem. And the poem is quite long, but it has these two lines that keep coming up. Two lines that say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So he didn't say playing cricket's no good, getting to university's useless. No, he thought they were good things to do, but he wanted to do something that would last for Jesus. And he went to China to be a missionary, to tell people the gospel. Children, teenagers, there's loads of good things you could do with your life. There's loads of useful things you can do for other people, but only what's done for Christ will last forever. Is your life going to make a difference for Jesus? Is your life going to do something that will last forever? That doesn't come from being enthusiastic. It doesn't need you to be as clever as Charles Studd. It doesn't come just from trying hard. It comes from being a branch in the vine, trusting in Jesus, belonging to Jesus. Are you trusting him? Do you belong to him? And all that means that we must, here's my second point, we've had Jesus is divine. Now, secondly, all of that means we must remain in him, remain in him. Verse four, remain in me and I will remain in you. Now, we've already thought about this branch and you all, I hope, are in agreement that it won't produce any fruit because it's not in the tree. But we can put that more positively. We can put it the other way round. A branch that is in the tree will produce fruit if the tree is any good. So look at verse five. Verse five. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When this branch was in the tree, what was going from the tree to the branch? By the way, I don't know much about gardening and horticulture, so I hope I'm getting this all right. But my basic understanding is that going from the tree to the branch was sap. Sap. The tree provided life to the branch. And so the branch was alive and the branch was fruitful. Now, when a person is trusting in Jesus, united to Jesus, That gives life to that person. The life of Jesus is in that person. Jesus is in that person by his spirit. And so his spirit produces the fruit of the spirit. Do you know what the fruit of the spirit is? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Oh, who is that like? Who was like that? Oh, that's the character of Jesus. Do you see how it all fits together? Jesus says, if if you remain in me, I am in you. 
and you'll produce fruits. And because and I'm the tree, it's obvious the fruit will be my character and my sap will be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. And he produces the fruit of the spirit character that's like Jesus. Jesus says, if you remain in me, I will remain in you and you will produce fruit. That's a promise. So he says we've got to remain in him. What does that mean to remain in him? Verse four, remain in me and I will remain in you. And then he doesn't tell us how to do it or what it means. It just tells us to do it because actually it's not complicated. Because actually, at basic level, he's just telling us, don't turn away from him. Keep going with Jesus. Don't turn off and think you'll try something else because nothing else and no one else will produce the right fruit in your life. Don't turn back from trusting him. When I was about 20 years old, I've not been a Christian long, but I lived with someone who was very sceptical about Christianity. And this caused all sorts of doubts to come up in my mind. I remember saying to my dad, do you ever get these doubts? And he said to me, well, yes, I do doubt sometimes. Then I think to myself of what Jesus rescued me from. And I say to myself, how could I turn from the one who rescued me like that? That stuck in my mind because I thought that was a good answer. To admit, yes, I do get doubts, but how could I turn from the one who rescued me from all that he has rescued me from? Jesus is at basic level in verse four, simply telling us, stick with me, rely on me and I'll give you the life and the strength to do it. You keep going. I'll give you the life and strength to do it. And that means keeping on trusting Jesus every day. Many people's idea of the Christian life is a bit like this. Jesus is the oak tree and we are acorns. Now, what's the relationship between an oak tree and an acorn? Well, the oak tree produces the acorn, but then what does the acorn do? It drops off. And if it all goes well, it produces an independent tree that doesn't rely on the old oak tree. And many people's picture of the Christian life is rather like that. We rely on Jesus to start the Christian life. Oh, yes, we need him totally for becoming a Christian. But then we go on our merry way in our own strength, as if we are an independent little oak tree. And he's the daddy oak tree. But no, the picture isn't an oak and an acorn. The picture is a vine and branches. In other words, However many years you've been a Christian, you still depend on Jesus. Whatever successes and failures you've had in the past and however long you've been going, you still need to depend on Jesus now, today. Don't say, oh, I was depending on him yesterday. No, you'd need to depend on him today and tomorrow. So this week, how are you going to fight sin? Oh, you might say, I've read the latest Christian book. It says, if I do this and this, then it will be all right. Uh, well, The latest Christian book might help you, but only if you are depending on Jesus. Father, may the Lord Jesus give me strength. Otherwise, I'll cave into temptation today. How are you going to be a good husband or a good wife? You say, well, I've got to get a grip, be more patient, be a better listener. Well, they all sound good, but it's harder than that, isn't it? Lord Jesus, I need you. I can't manage it myself. As you go into school or to work tomorrow, 
Do you begin each day with, Jesus, I need you so that today I'll have your character. So I'll do something that lasts for you today. Are you depending on him each day? We've had Jesus is divine, remain in him. And then thirdly, I want to give you just a little more on how to remain in him, because actually Jesus does tell us some more later on. I've said he just states it in verse four, but verse nine to 17, he explains the the structure of chapter 15 is very simple, by the way. Verses one to eight is the picture of a vine and verses nine to 17 is explanation of the vine. And it all begins with God's love in verse nine. Verse nine, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. It all begins with God's love. God is a father. And and as a father, it's in his nature to love. And he has forever, forever and ever, as far back as you go, he's always loved his son. And through his son, that love overflows to us and gets hold of us and pulls us into that relationship that the father has with the son by the spirit. And that makes us one with Jesus. Just like a branch is in the tree, we are in him and he is in us. Now, if you're not a Christian, if there's anyone here this morning who's not a Christian, do you see that Christianity isn't just some message of believe this bit of religion or uh, sign up to this religious organisation or try to do this religious activity? It's so much better. It's saying the God who made everything is is personal and loving because he is and always has been a father. And. You can receive his love and become one with his son. And you can have him by his spirit work in your life. And all of that is offered to you freely for you simply to trust and ask and receive. So have you. And will you. And then Jesus says, verse nine, it all starts with God's love. But then verse nine, as the father has loved me. So have I loved you. Now remain in my love. He says, now you've received this love. If you have. Have you? Are you trusting in the Lord Jesus? If you if you are trusting him, you've received that love. Now remain in that love. How do we remain in his love? How do we remain in him? Well, this time he gives us some more explanation of how to. And it's in verse 10. Verse 10 tells us more about how to remain in him. Verse 10, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. You know, there are some people who say, whatever you do, you cannot make God love you more. And whatever you do, you cannot make him love you less, which is technically true, because if he set his love on you, whatever you do, you can't increase that love because that love is so great anyway. And you may fail and fall for sin, but you don't stop his love because he loves you anyway. Technically, it's true. But if you think about it, it was true for Jesus as well. But even Jesus says of himself, I obey and remain in my father's love. Now you obey and remain in my love. 
That saying that people say is technically true, but I think it's really unhelpful. Because Jesus says something rather different. He says, if you obey my commands, you remain in my love. Obeying Jesus matters. It's not just some nice optional extra. It matters. If you are going to stay in Jesus' love, you must obey. Not just have a general intention to roughly do the right thing, but actually specifically find out and obey his commands. Now, this isn't Jesus saying you must be sinlessly perfect. If you fail, that's it. I've had enough of you. No. He says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But he's saying obeying does matter. It's not just the icing on the cake for the super Christians. It matters for all of us. And this isn't some annoying small print that says the good news isn't really as good as it first sounded. I began with Donnie Campbell. Children, do you remember what Donnie Campbell did? Sounds a bit crazy to me. Probably does to most of us. Ran up 282 mountains in Scotland. Uh, What do you think that was like? It must have been hard. It must have been difficult. It must it must have been difficult to keep going. And it took determination and took effort. And obeying Jesus can be hard. And it can take determination to keep going and take effort. But it's also joyful. I reckon it's I, I doubt running up 282 mountains is joyful. But obeying Jesus is joyful. I'll give you two reasons why. The first is in verse 12. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. The the first reason is what Jesus commands us to do, love as he has loved us. That means love because he's loved us. And that means love like he's loved us, sacrificial, generous love. Keeping going in the Christian life can be hard, but it is joyful because it's about love, receiving love and giving love. And here's a second reason it's joyful. As Joanna read to us from John 15, did you notice a parallel between Jesus and us? There's this really strong parallel in verse nine and again in verse 10 and again in verse 11. And the parallel goes like this. The father loved the son. The son, Jesus, remains in the father's love by obeying him. And this gives Jesus joy. And then the parallel for us is the son loved us. We remain in his love by obeying. And his joy is in us. And our joy is made complete. Verse 11. His joy will be in us and our joy will be complete as we remain in his love as we obey him. Now, some happinesses come and go, don't they? They come and go with your mood, with what's happening in your job, with your circumstances, with what your friends at school are doing to you or saying to you, with your health. Oh, there's so many things that make our happinesses come and go. But this joy is rooted in relationship with Jesus. And that is rooted in the relationships of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And that is the most solid and deep roots that you could get. Well, there's so much more in John 15. 
but Jesus has given us a memorable picture. Do you remember the vine that went up on the screen? That's such a good picture. Do you remember the branch? He gives us such a memorable picture. I hope it sticks. I hope that helps to stick it in your mind. And we've considered some of what it means to help you keep going, to help you remain in Jesus, because it is a necessity to remain in Jesus and keep obeying him. Because there is joy, deep rooted joy in remaining in Jesus and above all because of who Jesus is. What amazing news. This is the best news. You can be in him and have him in you. So let's pray for that now. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you. You have chosen that your son who is eternally God, should become man and should be head of a new humanity that are in him. And because he is so amazing, because he is the fruitful vine, we are made fruitful. And because of who you have chosen him to be, it's impossible to be fruitful without him. And so we praise you for this great plan you have. And it's possible for us to have a part in it and not just a part in a plan, but to be in this amazing, close, deep relationship that we are described as in Jesus and him in us. And so may we remain in him, keep trusting him tomorrow, wherever we go, whatever we do, keep relying on him. Keep remembering that we need him for everything. And keep obeying him. And may we know his joy to be in us and our joy to be complete as we appreciate what it means to belong to the Lord Jesus. We ask in his name. Amen.